Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Welcome back, Sacramento. Three hours in the books, one to go. The 1 p.m. portion of your day. Do it with us. We thank you for it. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. Sacktown Sports 1140. You can be heard or you can be read. 916-339-1140. Check us out on the YouTubes. Search Sacktown Sports. Jump in the chat. All that good stuff. Follow me on Twitter at Zach Sports, Z-A-K Sports. He is at Chris M. Watkins. I made it easy for you on there. Check out my latest tweet, and it'll take you right to the YouTube video as we stream live here. Coming up at 1.15, we'll do some more red and gold talk. And there was an article that I read of one move that every team should make before the trade deadline, mm-hmm. which I believe is Halloween. So yes, just, it is, uh, yeah. just a couple weeks away. And you'd be interested to see what this one particular writer said that the Niners should go after. Mm. Doesn't really seem to be a need, but huh. could never have enough weapons. That's a hint. Interesting. So we'll, we'll do that at 115. But right now, the established and very well-known and respected Michael Wilbon, mm. as I think even the casual sports fan would know I would hope so. from PTI, and amongst other things, NBA Countdown as well. Um, he has high hopes, higher hopes certainly than Mr. Hollinger. I think higher hopes than yeah. any me, you, and pretty much every Kings fan out there, unless they're just loyal to the soil, hardcore, you know, purple colored glasses uh i think even they would not go this high you are incredibly high on this sacramento some things are supposed to stay in the green room (laughs) no i am i I got a crush on the kings nothing wrong with that bleeding purple um listen I think so. The teams, the West is so loaded, and we we we, you were talking about this earlier. It looks like there are twelve playoff teams in the West. You can have eight, really six. So, but what teams care about their seeding? What teams are going to try to go wire to wire and every night out? They're just going to go after it. And there's some teams that aren't. You don't expect Denver to do that, even though they're the champs. You don't expect the Warriors to do that or need to. You don't expect the Lakers to do that. You don't even Same expect thing. the Suns to do that, even though the Suns may have a bit of an agenda, too. The team that I expect to actually feel that way and approach this regular season that way, at least through the All-Star break, yep. are the Sacramento Kings. I do. Remember, they were the third seed last year. One of all those teams I mentioned in the West still has something to prove. They know it, we know it, and the other teams know it. Nobody... We talk about disrespect. No one even mentions the Kings in a packed Western Conference. Mm. They'll mention them. I bet you if I go through the schedule right now for this here quality network, I bet you the Kings are last in number of appearances after all those teams I mentioned. We don't take as a community the Kings all that seriously, even though I voted De'Aaron Fox first team all NBA last season. SGA was as deserving, if not more so. I have no complaint. But all those guys, Sabonis has got to prove that he's better than he was late in the playoff series against Golden State. Sure. There's lots of stuff for the Sacramento Kings to prove, and I expect to light the beam 
a lot. Well, there's something to be said. Regular about season, I think they could be one seed in the West. I That's what I'm talking about, Michael Wilbon. Now, when he comes up here for any national games. Get that games, man over here. Yeah, I want him to have his own separate entrance. Yeah. I want him to have a carpet. Uh, he is riding. It. He said he has a king's crush. All of it. He's talking about no respect, mm. called out his own colleagues, mm. his and own said that network, they could finish one. Come on. One, Chris. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Talking about lighting the beam on the regular. Hey, man, that's that is some that's some faith. Because even I haven't gone. Me and Whitey did a full summer of every single day doing bold Kings predictions. Uh huh. And not once did us even entertain going the route of, you know what? The Sacramento Kings are going to be the one seed in the Western Conference. Forget everything else. I feel like I would almost have to cut a wrestling promo if I, you know, <laughs> forget everybody else. Yeah. Forget about your Lakers. Forget about all those people. Yeah. It, it's like, I mean, that is that is that was a quite a statement to make. I mean, and you know, I, I agree with his logic of getting there. I, I kind of listed that out a little bit earlier, where the Kings, just in terms of caring about the regular season. They're going to play their guys. If De'Aaron Fox can play 82 games, they're going to play him 82 games. There is not a universe in this world where Anthony Davis and LeBron play 82 games. Steph Curry probably will not play 82 games. I can almost guarantee it. The Kings are are in a position, like Will Bond said, where they're still in a proving state. They want to show if the Kings get a, a one or even a two seed next year, what kind of statement does that make when – before the season, here we are talking about how deep and how loaded this Western Conference is. If the Kings can again prove everybody wrong and exceed to that measure mm-hmm. the level of expectations that people have, how big of a statement would that be, regardless of what they end up finishing, but just how big of a step that is for this team and for, to Wilbon's greater point, how people talk about that team and how they're carried and how people really respect them. That's what I think this is more getting to is the Kings aren't respected, aren't being in the same conversation as all these other teams that they really should be in the same conversation with. I would have thought they would have gotten that respect. I mean, when you're a three seed, Chris, how much higher can you go? The answer is two spots. Yes. So them finishing one, would that really resonate that much more with pundits and people? I I, definitely think so. Really? People thought the three seed was like, oh, that was cute. Like, uh... It was, really? it was so close. Yeah. It's oh no. two away from the one. I mean, people still pick the Warriors over over the Kings almost unanimously in that series before. Well, the, okay, but at least in that, you can point to the Warriors have the championship pedigree. Yeah, but still, it should even be that's – we're talking about yeah. this season. Yeah. No one was saying – you know what? No one's talking about the Kings and how they won more games than the Warriors. Yeah. And, you know, I think – I think if you were to just objectively look at those two teams performing in that seven-game series, Mm -hmm. obviously the Warriors got the results, but I think most people would say the Kings kind of lost that series for the most part. They had the better advantage. They had the better talent, and they just didn't pull through. So I I still think people, for the most part, just don't take the Kings seriously. I think they they think they use the playoffs as justification for – Oh, yeah, that's why I didn't – you know, Demonis Sabonis, it was a cute regular season thing, but, yeah, we just saw that in the playoffs, it's nothing to worry about. Kevin Herter, oh, that was fun, but during the playoffs, he sucked. So there's there there's no reason to take the Kings seriously, and I think that's, that's the hurdle that they're still getting over. Yes, they're no longer a joke. That hurdle was left over last year. This season, they have to be actually respected 
like the teams that are in their tier. Uh, because right now, people are always going to have, especially from the national perspective, national people are always going to have the Warriors, always going to have the Lakers, always going to have the Suns, the Nuggets, probably even Memphis to an extent above the Kings right now. And they were the three seed. They were in that conversation. They were better than a lot of those teams last year. Yeah. And still people don't talk about them as such. Yeah, and I think the word that I would use is they didn't really strike fear in anybody. You want to be feared. Right. You know, like the Niners right now, yes. the Cowboys fear the Niners. Yeah. I don't think anybody really ever feared the Kings, and I think they right. kind of fell under this this umbrella of being cute. Mm-hmm. Like everybody said, that's my second favorite team. Right. And people talked about light the beam. That was like a cute thing to point to. They hadn't been to the playoffs in forever. Right. And like, but nobody was really fearful of the Kings. I think that's the step that they need to take. They need to be feared mm-hmm. by the rest of the team, by pundits, by right. fans, whatever. And I think that's the leap that they're going to be looking to take. And I'm okay with the progression. Like I think, if they had gotten to the second round, I mean, yes, they were the higher seed, mm-hmm. but they were going to get, and they took them as far as you can take them. They took them to seven games. They had it on their own home court, yep. but I'm okay with going, okay, that was last year. Now we got a taste of the playoffs because everybody knows the difference between regular season and playoff basketball. Yes. Like people joke about it. It's like a different sport, you know? Like I've told you, a lot of my friends rank playoff basketball one, the NBA offseason number two, and NBA regular season number three. But it's because there's that much of a jump between regular season basketball and postseason basketball. So they've gotten a taste of it. They've broken the curse or whatever, the the drought. And now they're in there. And now they need to go from being everybody's favorite, you know, second team and lighten the beam and all that cutesy stuff and actually go to be taken seriously and feared. As I say, I think fear is an important word. Yeah, I mean, you bring up them, them not being the nine. To me, I think the Kings are a little bit more in that like Detroit Lions, like Miami Dolphins Mm. tier where it's, hey, we recognize that you're dangerous. You have this offense that's really elite. But I mean, funny enough, it's it's the same conversation with both the Dolphins and and the, the Lions as well as the Kings their defense is going to be what makes them fear. That's what makes the Niners so feared is that you pair you fear this ridiculous offense yeah. with this ridiculous defense as well. And mm-hmm. to me, if the Kings want to, as you say, like enter that I'm afraid of them, they have to still be a lead on offense, which they were last year, but we'll see how how that translates to this year. But they also, and, and it's been the conversation for months now, but they have to pick up the defensive intensity if they want to be feared by a lot of teams in the NBA. Which is why, and I believe uh, our caller guy, his name was JR, JR yes. but he was talking about how Herter didn't look too happy he with that not. switch. He did not. But I think a big reason of that is that Mike Brown is going to continue. He started with Sasha. You remember that? Mm-hmm. He was saying he didn't get in there until the second half because he hasn't looked great on defense yep. and practice and even in the game he said you know he was great offensively but he needs the best okay he needs to sit down and play defense and also i think he sent a message there to herder that you know duarte is obviously a guy that we've talked about that will improve their defense mm-hmm. and so i don't think any of this is a coincidence i think he's going to be sending messages he i don't think he's worried about the offense he's going to be sending messages defensively yeah, throughout the sure. year yeah for sure all right well coming up next a move that the 49ers should make? There was an article saying of all 32 teams, a move that they should make. Not necessarily the position that you would think. We will discuss that and much more about the red and gold coming up next. You're listening to Chris Watkins, Zachariah, Sacktown Sports, 1140. 
Motown Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Welcome back, Sacramento. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. Coming up, bottom of the hour, we will put a bow on week six. We did six good games yesterday. We did three bad games today. We will round out the bad games coming up next. Cardinals, Rams, Eagles, Jets. A lot to be said there. Did not see. See, I had that under the bat. Again, this was all on paper. Right. So this was going in. This wasn't actually how the games played out. That ended up being really exciting. And then also Giants-Bills, which was supposed to be a blowout, Mm -hmm. ended up being down to the wire. A really good game. So we will round out week six with the rest of the on paper, bad games, some of which ended up being good ones. We'll do that bottom of the hour. But right now, the 49ers probably, maybe, will make a move at the deadline or at least in signing. Who knows? As, something. As we talked about, they have the yeah. most cap room in the league. And they uh, have the lowest cap uh, spent amount in the league, which doesn't make any sense because they're arguably the best team in the league. We've already seen them add Randy Gregory, but that didn't even really affect their payroll, Chris, because uh, the Broncos took on most of that. Yeah, Yeah, they said, we got you guys. Don't worry. Pretty much. But an article came out um, for all 32 teams and moves that they would like to see the Niners make. Now, Mm -hmm. if I just throw that out there, I even asked uh, Chris earlier in the show, I said, you know, run defense didn't look fantastic mm-hmm. last week, and the offensive line maybe could use some help. So I asked him to choose between those two. Right. One area I didn't go, and this article is where it did go, is tight end Gasecki. Really? Yes. Former Interesting. Former Dolphins tight end, right. now uh, Patriots tight end, Mike Gasecki. Tight end, not really the position that you would think having Kittle not really. in, in the fold, but the argument for it is... Uh, quote, the 49ers have the best roster in the NFL, and we're not really sure if they'll make any moves outside of adding outside linebacker Randy Gregory. However, Gasecki screams, quote, Kyle Shanahan offensive weapon, end mm. quote, and we'd be endlessly fascinated if San Francisco would ship out a draft pick to add Gasecki My to goodness. Brock Purdy's arsenal of talent. My brain just broke. Gasecki can play all over the field, My and he'd goodness. be excellent insurance for George Kittle just in case. <laughs> this is the type of team that makes fun luxury trades in the fall, CCMC, yep. and Gasecki would absolutely qualify for that. Shanahan My should goodness. give Bill Belichick a call and see if he'd make the deal. What do you uh, think about that? I think my brain is broken. <laughs> I can't. Too many things. Like, well, it's just like if the Niners can run out a, a, a formation that has two tight ends, two receivers, and yeah. McCaffrey in the backfield, yeah. I don't. I don't know what you do at that point. For like real. You, it's truly picking your poison. And you know, I could see how maybe the Niners might look at tight end as a possible position. I believe they drafted two tight ends in this past draft, so it's clearly a, a spot where they feel like they need some improvement. And Cameron Latu is has not. You know, I, I haven't seen him in the regular season. After. Injur- he was injured. Okay, good. Because I was yeah, like, yeah, that saved him on the roster spot. Me and Emil talked about it on Return of the Empire, which hey, is actually tonight, tonight? six oh! to seven. Yeah. Are you going to be there now? I'm going to be there tonight, 6-7. to seven. Hey! But yeah, Latu, Latu got hurt, and uh, a lot of people think that that saved his uh, his spot on the roster <laughs> because agree. he did not look very good in the preseason. No, he had he had a lot of drops. Like, 
a lot, like a concerning amount of drops in games. And uh, we were also hearing about how many drops he was having in practice as well. So it's it's a spot where John Lynch is clearly you know, sent some assets at. He took two tight ends in the draft, and it would, again, it'd just be one of those moves where you would have to recalibrate how you could possibly think this – how explosive you think this offense could get because Mike Gesicki, he's had a quiet year in New England, but he he's more than capable of being an explosive receiving tight end, and you could argue maybe George Kittle has lost half a step. I think it would be uh, – I think it might be good for, for the Niners to try and acquire maybe a, a little bit more uh, tight end insurance at that position for sure. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, who knows what Kyle could do who when knows? he's all of a sudden – He's got Debo, who's a wide receiver and a running back. You've got McCaffrey, who's a running back and a wide receiver. You've got Ayuk out there. You would have Kittle. I mean, excellent run blocker. And then, yeah, I mean, Jeez. it's actually – the more and more we're talking it about it, the so more and more sense. I'm coming yeah. around on it. Because, again, they yeah. have endless money. It's not like money is a factor at all. Yeah, for sure. And then just uh, reading up in terms of updates about McCaffrey, it sounds like they're pretty optimistic about the injury, that it's definitely not going to be something long-term. I don't know if they're optimistic about him playing. And uh, We were joking about Flak Jacket. Yeah. We weren't joking, but we brought up Flak Jacket, and that is mentioned in the press release from Kyle Shanahan, and it sounds like Debo. I, I think it's going to be one of those scenarios, and Trent Williams, really, with all three of them. I could see it being a scenario where all three could play yeah. if this was a playoff game, yes. but you might – see them be held out. And again, they do have an extra day because it's Monday Night Football against right. the Vikings. But, yeah. however, with that being a Monday Night game, that also means for the following week against the Bengals, they have a day less, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That, that math works out. That's so true. you might want to just, just sit them and then let them sit for, what would that be, 13 days or whatever it would be. Um, that that might be the route that I would go, especially with Trent Williams. Like I, I don't know, you know, Biederman was talking about how he was injured in that Rams game. And uh, not, he, not he the Rams back. game in the regular season, yeah. but uh, was was hurting that Rams game and said um, pretty much that he he thinks that they might have been better with just a healthy body in there instead of him. So, you know, you might want to explore doing that. I also think, though we talk about how many weapons the Niners have, I think it's a lot harder to replace or to to live without Debo and McCaffrey. I think it's easy when it's one of those guys out because, like you say, Debo can play running back. Uh, McCaffrey can play receiver as mm-hmm. well. So if you have both of them out, you don't really have a – you can't throw Ray Ray McLeod and say do the Debo or do the McCaffrey thing. So in that sense, you might want to have one of those guys out there if one of them really does seem truly healthy. But – for the most part, I mean, if you want to take a, a a wide view of the season, to me, it feels like the safest move is just to to if there's any question, I think you should rest them all because and this is not just because I'm rooting for the Vikings to have the best shot possible at winning, but I, I just think that it's not worth uh, it's not worth the risk because even if they do lose to the Vikings, I don't think anyone's going to, again, change, much like the conversation we were having about when they play the Cowboys, I don't think anyone's going to change their opinion based off of what ends up happening this week if it is a negative for the Niners. The trade deadline's coming up for the Niners, 31st, too, so you want to yeah. get run, especially a running back for Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell. Right. I think Elijah Mitchell specifically needs to play to boost his value if they are going to deal him, which I think he could Ooh. be in, in a lot of trade talks. Yeah, but I would say if you got CMC and he's a guy that you might be worried about getting banged up here and there, you need to have insurance at the running back position. So that wouldn't be a guy that I was necessarily be looking to move. Now, as our resident 
Minnesota Vikings insider. Yeah. In terms of the matchup, mm-hmm. th- leaning more towards playing one of those three guys or not, where do you think if the Vikings could win the game, they would be able to attack them? Like, do you think it's important for them to have offensive pieces on the, the, on that? Do you see it being a shootout, or how do you see it going down? Because the because uh, the Vikings won an ugly one. They did won a very very ugly. That game. was not Kirk Cousins lighting it up. It was not Kirk Cousins highlight reel for sure. It was a low light reel, if if anything. But yeah, I mean, if the, like, I said it earlier, but if the Vikings are going to win this game, it's going to be because of their offense, and and that's why I think it's not really as important for the Niners to play their offensive guys because to me, this game's going to come down more to can the 49ers defense stop the Vikings offense, which is hampered without Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. They really struggled uh, to be nearly as explosive as what they've been in the past. What's up with Madison? He's, I mean, he's, he's, he's a backup Alvin running Cook. back. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, he, he just doesn't really have much explosiveness to him. He's one of those, he's more like Ezekiel Elliott the last couple years where it's, you know, he can just always get you three to four yards, but he's never going to get you 12 to 15 yard explosive plays. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they don't really have much of a run game. The pass game is obviously hampered without Justin Jefferson there. Jordan Addison's been slowly working into the offense, but mm-hmm. that's more of a red zone target than than an actual, you know, he's not going to give you 150 yards on a given night. So I, I think realistically the Niners don't have much of anything to worry about. The Vikings secondary is terrible. So if, if you're missing Debo, Ayuk should be more than enough to take care of that. Uh, their run defense is they're good tackling, but they're really uh, they're just bad at allowing yards. Once yeah. you know you can once they get to the ball carrier, they can bring them down. But mm-hmm. for the most part, the run they get no pressure on the defensive line, so I wouldn't worry about the Niners' O line struggles. That's why I wouldn't really worry about Trent, Trent Williams, Williams yeah. because even though Daniil Hunter has been great this season, he's near the top of the NFL in sacks. The entire Viking the Vikings blitz more than any team in the NFL, they have, I believe, the second lowest pressure rate in the mm. NFL. So even though they're sending more people <laughs> it's not than effective. anyone else, that's, it's not That's not a home. good combo, Chris. So, I'm not an NFL coach, yeah, but when I'm you blitz the majority of the yes. time, but you're low on not sacks, even, that's not good. Like, I'm not even yeah. talking sacks. I'm yeah, not yeah. talking quarterback yeah. hits. I'm talking pressures. pressures. Like, like in the general yeah, vicinity, you're getting a sack. They're just running into the <laughs> offensive linemen and not moving. Yeah. So it's it's really not much to worry about with the Vikings on the defensive end. I think the Niners offense should should really this should be another 30 point performance for them if i had to guess yeah and i i think that they're going to err on the side of caution i don't think that they need to be told i my guess is i wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see any of the three i mean of course it depends on their actual health but Mm -hmm. if they're even close to lower than 100 percent, then they'll probably sit them out also i almost guarantee these numbers will come out probably on friday or maybe just on monday we'll hear a lot about it but uh kirk cousins has um i don't know how to put it Less than spectacular numbers on primetime football. Oh, I've seen it before. It's ugly. It's not yeah, great. It's really bad. He's decent on Thursdays, but yeah. Sunday and, and Monday Mondays night football really bad. is yeah. really bad. It's like one it's in 14 bad or something. Really bad. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. All right, coming up next, speaking of really bad, actually, a couple of these games were not really bad. We will put a bow on week six in the NFL with three games that on paper were supposed to be bad, turned out to be pretty good. We will finish up week six in the NFL. Coming up next, Chris Walk and Zachariah, Sacktown Sports, 1140. This is Sacktown Sports.
Welcome back, Sacramento. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. This is Sacktown Sports. Coming up at 145. Should be crosstalk with the drive guys. But we don't know if, you know, Draper's at a celebrity golf tournament or who knows, Whitey might be, you know, rubbing shoulders with some famous people. Who, who knows? knows? So it could be one, it could be both, it could be neither, Chris. I we're, hope not neither. We're, we're all going to find out together. Yeah, can't wait. Well, if not, you and I That's can just... That's a tease if I've ever heard. <laughs> there you go. Find out together. But right now, let's put a bow, shall we, on week mm-hmm. six as it was completed last night with a win for the Cowboys over the Chargers, the very underachieving Chargers. And I can't help but think, I'm not a big... Are you a carryover believer guy? In terms of like the Chargers from last that, season, that over. epic collapse in the playoffs. I think that it's yes, because I would say that it's just part of your DNA now. Like it's just it in just your head. Li- like it doesn't have to be like a defining characteristic of you. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that it's like a it's like a virus almost. It just kind it of lives in you there. nowadays. Yeah, like yeah. It, you can't get you rid can't of it. Get rid of it unless it you win not, the Super Bowl. I'm not saying it's a cancer or yeah. something that's gonna yeah. you know potentially kill you, yeah. but. It's just, it's something that exists and it could come up at any moment. Yeah. You never know. Well, the thing is, if we bring it up, you know they're thinking about it. It's like it's in the back of their mind. head. It's Family in, members, friends yeah. bring it up to For them, sure. You know? For sure. It's in the ethos. So anyways, uh, week six is now over and we'll probably do some rankings and quarterback rankings and hot seat talk. We'll do Ooh. all that manana. But today, let's put a bow on it. And we did six good games on paper yesterday and we did three bad games today and now we have three more bad games let's start with cardinals rams cardinals a pesky team rams better than we thought a divisional matchup if you will what did you make of that game did you take anything away from that did you walk away any more confident or less confident in either team uh it's it's interesting i'm trying to figure out how good i guess the rams are or maybe how okay the rams are like <laughs> are they are they gonna be frisky how like okay are they are they how, yeah. how are they sneaking into your frisky competition like, not yet you know not, not yet not, not my, quite. no no they're not in the frisky group. it's just interesting like it's it wasn't a very exciting game josh dobbs continues to look decent mm-hmm. like he's he's maybe you know 30th best quarterback in the nfl 28th maybe which is which is a big development for him i feel mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean didn't really learn much from the game rams took care of business for the most part and not, nothing really nothing really exciting about a about a cardinals game in general yeah to be in, if i may go third person on you chris you to please. be in zachariah's pesky group uh-huh. you have to be above 500 okay that's fair and they're not the they're seahawks at, still at, are but, yeah, in terms of the Rams, they are a very interesting team. They opened up the year with a big win in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Then they kind of gave the Niners, outside of last yeah. week, their toughest test. Is Probably. that fair to say? I would think so, yeah. Um, the Niners beat them by a touchdown. But that was that was that I think that was the only time the Niners trailed in a game prior to last so. week. Yeah. Was the Rams game For when like I think. five minutes yeah, or something like yeah, that. It yeah. wasn't a lot. I don't even think it was that. Yeah. But I think that they were they were up 17 to 10 or something mm-hmm. like that at one point. And then, yeah, a close, a close game against the Bengals. And then they beat the Colts. Lost a close one sort of to the Eagles and then yeah handled that Cardinals game pretty easily it was on my ugly list and it should have remained there as it shall moving forward but as we go to the next ugly game second to last ugly game Eagles Jets this one 
surprised the people, I would say. The Eagles, um, I think uh, Whitey was messing with Draper because at one point the Eagles were the only undefeated team and it didn't last long as they dropped that game. Did you, uh, an ugly interception from, um, yeah, from Hurts late to basically seal the fate because, look, if anything, if you're an Eagles fan, yep. you want the ball in Zach Wilson's hand yes. because he will not He'll do, give it back to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but he gave it to him, essentially. So did you make anything of that game? That game was in New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, maybe now I'm a lot more willing to hear those people who have been kind of, you know, shooing the Eagles away a little bit as, uh-huh. as a true like, Who's been elite doing that? contender. Uh, no, I mean, I should start to shoot them oh, away because okay. people, I mean, I, I've – I've been very high on the Eagles all season long, saying that mm-hmm. they're still in content, you know, up there with the Niners. And I'm not going to wholesale change my mind, but I think it is concerning that the Eagles still haven't really dominated this season at all. They all haven't. their games have been close, and mm-hmm. then to lose to this Jets team, like you said, I mean, they we know the Jets do have a really, really good defense, but for them to, there's there's no reason why Zach Wilson should be taking down the Eagles when they're undefeated and yeah they were on the road but you know they 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 play in New York often they, it shouldn't have been an issue Robert Sala's starting to kill I look I know Niners fans love him he was a great defensive coordinator here and I think he's a decent pretty good coach but these quotes about Aaron Rodgers are starting to weigh on me his superpower is his presence him just being in this building being around his teammates being in the locker room his positive attitude thoughts of manifestation and all that stuff oh, i think it's powerful come on man That's he's not helping Aaron, i mean look he might Aaron be helping and look he, he had the headset on like he was the offensive coordinator yeah. he was given suggestions for plays yeah i'm not saying that he's not helpful and that mm-hmm. he's not had many years in the league and that he can't help zach wilson all that but the, come on with this like osmosis thing yeah where he's like helping them no win, that's like, how good aaron Rodgers is <laughs> is on, that he can actually enough. Transfer some of his ability to Zach Wilson. Okay, some. All right. Well, then he should have. He should be hired by everybody across the globe. Forget. Would you just rather the have Jets. Zach Wilson as your quarterback or Aaron Rodgers on a on a healing Achilles? Because I'm starting to think I would rather have Aaron. Well, he's he's, he's already, getting better every week. Well, did you hear the craziness that he's going to put his foot in like a ocean of mating dolphins? Because the sounds of dolphins mating is supposed to heal you quicker. Yeah, I think Whitey told me that. I, <laughs> I didn't believe it when he said it. He's also the guy that went into the dark for like four minutes. Yes, four minutes and tried to say he was going to stay there for like a week. And, and a when he came out, whatever the being is told him that he should go to the Jets. Mm. Uh, not all the money and all that stuff. How much money do you think you would have made if you put money on the Jets and the Browns to win this week? Probably a just lot. All of I the think money. they were both two touchdown underdogs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably would have gotten you a nice Yeah, because I, I had those two games as bad games, and they ended up being good games. Crazy. Quickly here, the Giants and Bills. And this one, you almost, if you would have had yeah. a three-team well, just parlay of just like For all sure. underdogs, oh. and then that game ends cover? how it ends, yeah. though, I mean, yeah. I would have been furious. P.I. or no P.I. on Darren Waller in the end Oh, zone. that was P.I. or holding. or It was a, it was yeah. a penalty, that's Oh, we for touched sure. on this yesterday. The they almost talk, benefited because they had called it the play before, yes. and they weren't going to do back to it. So, lesson Ridiculous. out there to all defensive coordinators. Yep. Tell your defenders. Just do it the first time. Yeah, no, do and it then twice. do it again. Yeah, do yes. it again because yes. the second time they won't call it. Right. It's ridiculous. Because <laughs> he right. was, I mean, he was 
getting abused. Like yeah. from the well, second, you can he, see it. Yeah, he's but just it, all. And over the only it. explanation is they didn't want to call it again. Like yep. it was repetitive yep. or whatever, which is not the reason to not call. Not a good reason at all. A penalty. All right, coming up next, we'll check in with the fellas, Whitey and Draper, the Drive guys. We will check in with them, see what they have in store from two to six. All that coming up next. Zachariah, Chris Watkins, Sacktown Sports, eleven forty. Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Welcome back, Sacramento. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. This is Sacktown Sports 1140. Coming up, two to six. It is the dynamic duo that they call the Drive Guys. I'm a Drive Guy guy. I heard you say that a few times today. Draper and White. I just like saying guy. I know. Right, right. I know. This rolls off your tongue, right? Drive Guy. Yeah. Well, I, we talked about it on air. Did we figure out where we got that from? Because no, you said that you so. say it like that, too. That's yeah. a Chip Kelly thing. I'm a football guy. Yeah. No. Oh, is it that? That's where it came from. Really? Because oh, we uh. thought it was maybe Frank Caliendo impersonating John Gruden. No, well, maybe, but I remember when the 49ers introduced uh, Chip Kelly. He said, I'm a football guy. Football guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I started off the show just completely enraged, gentlemen, as Hollinger. I'm just going to call him Hollinger. I, he, his first name does not deserve to be said. Has the Kings at 11. Now, Drapes, I uh, look, I think that they're going to remain at three, okay? okay? Will Bond, as I'm sure you guys are going to get into, think that they could get as high as one. Right. He's all in on them. You could talk me into four. You could talk me into five. You could even talk me into six. That's where I draw the line. They will not be in the playing game. But now you're going to go seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Out. They're not even going to make Out. the play-in game, Draper? I, I can make the argument that they'll have – a top 10 record league-wide, not mm-hmm. not just in yeah. your Western Conference. Yeah, we're conference. just talking West. Right, exactly. And then when you look at having Dallas, what, eight or nine, I think it Crazy. is, or something like that. I mean, what has Dallas shown you? What has Luka Doncic accomplished? What has Kyrie accomplished without LeBron James? And Flat so, Earth. you know, to me, Hollinger is like a four-letter word, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, anytime that guy opens his mouth or writes about the Sacramento Kings, yeah. you know it's going to be garbage. Oh, is he, he an habitual the, line Oh, stripper? my gosh. He oh, hates the first time. No, oh, okay. no. Okay. He's one of those analytics guys that, you know, the Kings, for some reason— those kind of guys just right. don't like Hollinger, Kevin O'Connor, uh, Pelton from ESPN. Like their numbers don't, you know, suit what the Kings do. Gotcha. I mean, when you look at DeMontis Sabonis, the fact that, you know, he's not a great three-point shooter drives them crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and in today's day and age, I'm watching ESPN today and they're talking about, you know, Phoenix and they're saying, well, Phoenix is going to have to shoot more threes if they want to be in contention. So these guys are in love with the three-pointer. Mm-hmm. They're in love with the analytics. And that's something, you know, the Kings don't do in terms of DeMontis Sabonis. Like, for some reason, they have something against him. Hollinger was, was Hollinger the one who said in the offseason after Sabonis signed his contract that it was like – Egregious, and that they were essentially outpaying, outbidding themselves. Right, right. right. So that was Hollinger. Right. Yeah, right. Oh my Would yes. you like to know what Hollinger said about the Kings before last season? Please, yes. I have please. it here. Does anybody? Oh, I'm sure he can nailed anybody, it. Right. You got yeah. some receipts. Huh? Can you can you check the standings from last year? And I'll run these down, and we'll see how many yeah. he gets right. Gotcha. Yeah. Let me know when you got that. Yeah. So this is Hollinger's <laughs> picks for last season in the uh, in the Western Conference, 
And at the very top, he had, I don't think this is the way it went down, uh, number one, L.A. Clippers, 54-28. and 28. No, that's Clippers wrong. Clippers didn't finish first. Uh, I number, swear, but... <laughs> number two, Golden State Warriors, 53-29. Yeah. Yeah. They were the two... Oh, no, yeah. okay, no, 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 that was six seeds. Number three, Memphis. Oh, he, he got that one close. Close. Number two four, seeds. a tie, Denver and Phoenix. Uh with 50, 50 okay. and 32 each. Yeah, number okay. six, New Orleans, 48, 34. Okay. Number seven, they finished 10. Minnesota, number eight, Dallas. Where's Sacramento at? <laughs> I'm still waiting number on the Number nine, Lakers, 40 and 42. Wow. This is with Russell Westbrook as well, where he projected that one. Yeah. Number 10, Sacramento Kings, 37 and 45. Wow. That was Hollinger. So he last has year. the Kings worse <laughs> this year than he did going into last year. Oh, my God. Talk about not learning anything. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, that's insane! That's what you call doubling down, right there. That's insane. But, yeah, I mean, that's just, it just doesn't make sense. And yeah, it must just be the fact that they don't like the fact that Demonis Bonus can't shoot the three. You know what it is? Let's call it. Sorry to cut you no, off. No, you're Chris. good. They don't watch the games. There you go. Hollinger is yep. not watching the Kings mm-hmm. night in and night out. Think about it. The Kings were only on national TV what two Handful. times last night? Yeah. You know, maybe NBA TV. And so Hollinger is not watching league pass Sacramento Kings because right. I think he's a East Coast say, guy, East Coast right? guy, Coast. that's like so 1 p.m. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's not staying up to watch it. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, which they, what do they say on uh, the internet? Tell me you don't watch without telling me you're not you're yes. not watching. Yeah. Well, that's what John Hollinger is doing. And a bunch of these guys are not watching the Sacramento Kings. I think yep. some of the analytics people, I don't know about him, but I think some feel like I don't need to watch. If yeah. I see the numbers, I I know what happened. Right, they yeah. can look and at a box they score think it's or something like that. They yeah. really like yeah. there has been like a. I mean, obviously the analytics movement in, in basketball is massive, and there's tons of positives from it, especially on the offensive end. But it just feels like when it comes to like these projections and then these trade outcomes and all these things, I mean, they just they lean so heavy on the on the numbers of everything instead of just take. I mean, basketball is just such a a human element. Like there's so many human things that you can't factor right. for with numbers. I, I've just yeah, it feels like they haven't figured that out with those it really intense numbers, guys. Sort of what we've talked about with uh, the the San yeah, Francisco go, Giants. You're not gonna go Raptor on us, are you? <laughs> you're gonna drop Raptor on us, are you? I have one thing that I like. I'm not even an analytic guy, and I I throw Raptor out there, and he's gonna right, throw it okay. in my face. No, I was gonna go I've baseball. Never heard it before. Okay. I was All gonna right. go baseball. Giants fans are really mad at Farhan. And their organization, because they're all analytics, and you know, Kapler treated his players like they were just numbers instead of having a field guy like Bochi is. And Bochi is yet to lose in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. He's also got a lot better players in the Giants. That's true. <laughs> Are we sure? No. Players that you can name. <laughs> a lot better yeah. players. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, to me, it's just, I, I think last year. And this is where I think the Kings are going to have to make a big jump. Is I use the word feared. They're going to need. I think last year they were fun. Everybody's second favorite team, you know, light the beam or whatever, blah, 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 blah. They finally broke the broke the drought. But this year they're going to need to come in and make people fear them. And that's hard to do. I would never say this on the radio, but that's hard to do when you're not really a good defensive team. I'm yeah. not saying it's impossible, yeah. but it's tougher. Well, did you see that Mike Brown came out and said that uh, only two spots in the starting rotation are guaranteed? Mm. Hmm. Said that Fox and today. Sabonis. Oh, he yeah. said that today. And he, I said, that today. Oh, and he said starting lineup changes. There's a reason behind everything. 
He's playing mind games with these right. guys now. You're going to have to bring the defense if you're going to play for Mr. Brown. Right. Tell you what. He's trying to make it so Kevin Herter doesn't feel like he's singled he's, out. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. He really was. Right, right, right. Yeah, he's trying to tell me, sorry, you're coming off the bench. I definitely don't see how that possibly happened. That was that was Chris's first reaction. He's like, like yeah, sure. Yeah. Murray's not starting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, so I mean, yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. It's, for but sure. But so do we. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's our job to kind of read through that. And, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's just Mike Brown kind of trying to – I think that's him trying to massage Kevin Herter's thing and just say, oh, no, all, I'm, Everybody. I'm, I'm evaluating everything. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. position is up for grabs, and that's why, you know, when you're out there, you need to give your 100% because your your job is always up uh, up for grabs. Yeah, but that, that has been the biggest thing that I've been keeping my eye on in the preseason is the three-point shooting. Because when you have a superstar like Fox who does not shoot great from three, and obviously uh, Sasha's going to help in that area, and even Domas on Sunday first hit a couple first yeah, shot. Three, yeah, then, then he yeah. was, the first one was wide open. The second one, he was like, I'm feeling myself. Yeah. That one was not as wide open. He hit that one too. So if he can add that to his game, because he's kind of a guy where unless he hits the first couple, he's pretty hesitant to, to shoot the three-point ball. But yeah. if he can add that to his repertoire, if you will, um, yeah. Things will go up for the Kings. Yeah, it's just about getting it on film. I mean, that's that's going to be the interesting thing because even last year we saw he was he was able to hit. I think he knocked down thirty six percent of his threes technically last year. He didn't take a right. ton, but I think it's just important after what happened in that playoff series against Golden State. He's got to show just on tape the ability to knock down that shot and the fact that you can't you can't back off him. And Which he is needs what the to build that did. confidence yeah. throughout yeah. this year of just knocking that shot down. He's got to be like Kyle Draper on the golf course. Oh, Kyle Draper, he's between clubs. There's no, gee, I, uh, mm, oh, shit. Like, nah. give me the eight iron. Uh, That's what Domas has it. to do. Whatever he's going to do, uh, I'm going to do yeah, it. He's got to go for I, it. I, I wish I was that way because I'm all in my head <laughs> yeah, you're on the golf course. Like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm overthinking everything on the golf course. I but, do the same No, thing. to your point uh, about Domas, and this is something we said yesterday, and I said it on the show with Katie, I don't care what you do. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Don't think about it. Yeah. You know, live with the results. If you want to shoot, shoot. If you want to dribble, dribble. If you want to pass, you know, too many times during that playoffs, we saw him. It was like the hamster on the wheel. Yeah. We saw him trying to figure out what should I do? How should I attack this? And by that time, it was too late. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, the drive guys, Whitey and Draper, will take you from two to six for Nate, for Chris Watkins. I'm Zachariah. We'll be back tomorrow. Same good time. Same good channel. This is Sacktown Sports, 1140.